am SF Rogers. And I am DL Golden. And we are the Elthers Chaos. <laughs> Indeed. We are interviewing Eliza Jacobs today. And Eliza, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, um, I'm Liza, and I'm an audiobook narrator. Um, I have been narrating for three or four years now. And before that, I was a children's book illustrator and author and um, an audiobook fanatic. So it's interesting to have seen the publishing world from all different sides. So audiobooks, how does, how does one get into being an audiobook narrator? That's a great question. Um, I sort of fell into it, and I think how you become an audiobook narrator has changed a huge amount in the last 10 years. Um, previous to the last 10 years, it was something where, you know, you were a voice actor um, or a stage actor, and you knew someone in the industry, you made a reel and, um, you know, like a demo, and then you would get hired by publishers. And now with the creation of ACX, you have the ability as an independent author to find narrators and it's completely opened up the field, which is, you know, good and bad, right? It makes it hard to figure out who is going to be a great narrator, but at the same time, it's, um, you have so many amazing people to choose from. Um, me personally, I, when I figured out that you like real people can just do this, um, I got some coaching and I spent a few years, um, working with, um, coaches for voice actors and narrators and learning about the industry. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I'll never forget when I started, I, um, saw a friend on Facebook had posted and was like, Hey, I just narrated an audiobook. Check it out, guys. Leave me a, um, a review. It would be a big help. And I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you just got to do this. Like I was absolutely gobsmacked. And, um, so I just, I dove in head first and I was like, well, I'll, uh, audition for something and I won't get it. And that's fine. And then I'll just ask for feedback. Like, I'll be like, Hey, could I hear the winning audition and what was it that stood out for you between mine and theirs, but I booked it. <laughs> oh no. Okay. So I, I, it was immediately clear to me that I had to uh, put, you know, pedal to the metal as it were on getting, um, on um, figuring out what I needed to do to really be at the professional level, mm -hmm. which was training. Right. So what genres do you have like a certain genre that you have um, done audiobooks for or has it been all across the board? Yeah, um, I'd say I have like one book in every genre at this point, but I seem to get booked the most for Cozy Mysteries, which is fine with me because I love them. Um, it's super fun to do, right? Like right. there's nothing where you go to bed at night and you've spent all day in some terrible, like, oh, that was so crushing, but so beautiful. And it like haunts you. Those I've, I've done those too, mm -hmm. but, um, I love me a cozy, right? Like give me a town right. full of like quirky characters and like a talking dog and like she owns a bakery. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I love right. that. <laughs> uh, I'm currently reading, arc reading for S. Usher Evans who she mm -hmm. has a book, has cozy fantasy mysteries. And I, it's a nice 
change of pace after reading some more like haunting Adeline or books like that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It's, it's really funny when you find yourself, you're like, Oh, I didn't realize how heavy those were until I had something silly and fun. Like, it's really, And there's certainly room for this more serious stuff. And gosh, does it serve a purpose? You know, um, mm-hmm. I read a book for the company, um, the publisher Learning Ally, which has such an amazing mission um, of helping children and people um, who have hard, a hard time reading or learning to read. And um, they're an amazing resource. And man, some of the stuff they tackle is heavy. And we did a book last year, I think early last year. It was about, um, it's called Blackbird Girls. And the it's two, I think they're 11-year-old girls who escaped the Chernobyl disaster and oh, some gosh. terrible parental abuse. And I just cried. Like, that's <laughs> one where you're sitting in the booth and you like have to hit pause to just like sob. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, <laughs> go back to it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, and there's a place for it and I'm glad I did it. And gosh, did it feel like uh, an important story to tell, but then I'm like, okay, guys, give me, give me the talking cat book, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, that's okay. It's, it's so interesting talking to you because you're a completely different interview from what we have had, um, talking to indie authors and, uh, traditionally published authors. How long yeah. have you been narrating books like this? Um, four years. I think my first one was four years, four years ago, something like that. And it was right before the pandemic. Um, I have a four-year-old daughter. And um, I don't know if you guys have kids, but she got RSV at two months old. And I was just like, oh, you poor kid. And we were in the hospital. And it was just so hard to watch. And it was one of those moments where... You look around and you're like, okay, how happy are we the way we're proceeding? You know, it was one of those big life events that really is just gutting and so hard. And she's fine, by the way. She is thriving with a capital T. <laughs> she's boisterous and loud and healthy. But at the time, it was so scary and so hard. And it really called into question for myself and my husband, like, okay, what have we not done with our lives that we would like to? Where where are we not being our true selves? And for me, I needed a career change. And I wanted something that was as flexible as it presented to be. Because um, working in children's books, it seems really flexible. But for me, that was not ending up to be my journey. It did not feel that way. Um, and I remember, you know, making this shift. And I love narrating books it is when people are like well you know tell us about your hobbies i'm like audiobooks i know it's not really what you wanted to hear you wanted to hear like sailing but like um but it is great because it is truly gig work you go you do the work you nail it you hand it in there isn't this other side which um i hats off to the authors of the world because you guys spend all this time creating this amazing thing, this like carefully crafted piece of yourself. And then you have to go out into the world and convince the publisher and convince your agent and convince the other independent authors to review it. And you have to go to book fairs and book signings. And if you're a children's book author or illustrator like I was, go to, you know, events at schools. And it's this whole other side that I was just not in a place to do. And it just was not for me. 
And while I'm always happy to shout out the books that I am narrating, it's not on my back to sell those books. And that was something for me that made a really big difference in my lifestyle and um, that I really felt like, okay, this is where I need to live. And I'm just so in awe of independent authors who are just like, yeah, sure, I'll also be a publicist. Cool, yeah, I'll be my marketing person and I'll be my art director for picking a cover and I'll be my social media director and name 10 other things I got this. I'm like, wow, like they're independent authors are my favorite. I don't think I've ever looked at it that way, but like we're picking up so many hats doing it on our own. And even with the yeah. people who are traditionally published who still have to go through and do all of the all of the marketing and go to all of the things like the promotional things and stuff. Like, I don't think I've ever looked at it as like, a, oh, wow, I'm taking care of all of this stuff. It's just kind of like, yep, this is what I got to do if I want my heart out there for everybody to see. <laughs> so yes. thank you for that. No. Thank you for that view. Like you changed my. You've changed my view on the hats that we have to wear. <laughs> so many hats, so many hats. And I'm always amazed at how well they wear them. I, I, I'm i a firm believer that you don't have to be great at all the things, but you do have to sort of have some rough idea of how it works. Like if you can't add and subtract, it's hard to pick a good accountant. Not saying mm -hmm. you need, you know what I mean, to go get your yep. degree in accounting. Just like you got to have some idea. And so I'm, you know, sort of always building my um, sort of editing, mastering chops. And um, I'm always learning about being a voice actor and taking classes and just growing that side of myself because it's what I do. And I realized I've never written a novel. Like, that's all I read all day. And I consume a lot of content around independent authors, but I don't do it. So I actually sat down and I was like, okay, we have to approach this the same way we do everything else. And so I sat down and I was like, pantser or plotter, what shall I be? And I was like, eh, plotter. That's totally, I'm too methodical to just like sit down and write. And I got out note cards. And again, I have so much respect for what you guys do because I was like, wait, oh no, where do I put this character? Oh, oh my gosh, this is getting hard. And I literally have like from Staples, one of those like, cute little holds your note cards thing jammed <laughs> with note cards that only sort of make sense are not a complete world like there's way too much like what do they call it self-drop where you're like this is what i did today this shall be what we do in this chapter like it is hard and it's so fun to come up with the loose idea but going from there to where you guys bring it to where it's this beautiful polished finished product that feels effortless. It is not. <laughs> I will never finish that book and it is okay. It's fine. See, Daniel and I are not plotters. Not, not very well at least. So, so me personally, <laughs> I literally create the characters and then I'm like, this is your weapon. These are your powers. This is the world. Have so much fun. <laughs> but that's the way my oh imagination my works. But I also yeah. had several chapters where I like private message DL and I was like, I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're, my husband's like, you're writing it. How did you not know? And I'm like, I, I didn't know. Okay. Like what is How happening? Can you? 
Well, and it, oh, it gets yeah. you it gets you in so much trouble when you get to the sequel. We've talked about this. I'm writing the second book in my series now, and I'm like, oh, I have to actually plan stuff and not tread over the top of what I've already written. <laughs> and so it, it takes a mind a mindset shift to get into that second stuff to move from the pantsing it to planning it stage. And writing is just it's not effortless. Um and no one is going to tell you that it's it's easy to do, but if you have the mindset to get out there and just do it, you will eventually come out the other side of the story. And yes, be yes. That good or bad, you know, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, so, no, that's it's so interesting to hear about how you guys are just like, I have made this person, and she will now do things. I I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm like, I need to have all my little things in a row. Like, this is why, like. I, I was writing an email to someone um, who we're discussing if I'm a good fit for her book and how long does this take and what's the process and this, that, and the next thing. I can tell you how many words I read in an hour exactly. Like, obviously, there's fluctuation from book to book, but it's 8,450. Why do you ask? Like, I'm very methodical. And so I can look at my schedule and tell you, like, okay, if, you know, I have you know, 47 hours to work this week of like childcare and evenings, then I can do this many words within that time frame and this much editing, which will end me up. Oh yeah. That's going to take me 11 and a half days. I'll get back to you then. Like I can't yeah. fathom being like, I have created this entire person and this world. And then she breathes like, that's amazing. That's like scary black magic. I can't believe you guys do that. And then I get to just read it. It's like, so I told someone the other day, they were like, how did you come up with the premise for your book? And I was like, I was sitting on my back deck and I thought to myself, what if the woods behind my house was actually like the barrier between the Fey realm and our realm? And it was like, hey, that would be a really cool story. Hey, what if, yeah. what if, and then it was like, this world came forth and then it was like, well, there's a curse. Okay. So there has to be someone to break the curse. And then it was like, my character has this power and this power and she uses this weapon and she's mad at her husband because he's lied to her. Drop her in the world. <laughs> go play. Like, go have fun. And then, like, you write. And then, of course, there are things that I went back and was like, okay, we can't, like, we can't do that in this book. We can do that in later, like, later in the yeah. story. But yeah. where she's at right now, you can't do that. So, it to me, like, to hear people who, like, have the entire plot already like figured out i'm like how does your character grow right no <laughs> it's it's amazing and this is why we we have always referred to it as a daydream that kind of gets away from us mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. in our way of writing um and i can probably speak for sf here as well our thoughts tend to get taken over by our story. So we'll be sitting at work and we'll just be thinking, mulling this over while we're trying to do something else. Our ADHD brains are just going, oh. pumping, pumping out information. And then you get home and you're like, oh, I got to write that down. And eventually you're yeah. 300 pages into it. Or 96,000 words. 96,000 <laughs> words into it in Sarah's case. And it, it's just, it's absolutely insane. But I want to, I want to jump back a little bit here. You said that um, your career shift occurred as a result of a life change, a sickness that occurred in your life. And it's so fascinating because we've talked to so many people that COVID happened 
And all of a sudden they're off work and they have time to do these artistic outlets and um, things like that. Did you see like the pandemic as a catalyst for moving into this new position in your life further in that sense? Yeah. I mean, I think I had already committed to making this shift. Um, I'll never forget the day. This was previous to my daughter being unwell. Um, We had this book, this um, young woman and I and her father um, is a celebrity and he was on a talk show pretty regularly as a guest. And she's like, oh, you know, my dad will my dad will pump the book for us. And I'm like, amazing. I'm the illustrator. She's the writer. Like, we're like so jazzed. And he put the, you know, had a moment to say, oh, my daughter made this book, you know, and gave it to me as a birthday present. It was just my birthday, blah, blah, blah. Like, literally, this show is on network TV and crickets. And it was just one of those moments where it was like, this is such an uphill battle. And I remember that being the turning point. And it was, you know, that was when I knew illustration was done for me. And then figuring out that narration was the next step, again, was before the pandemic. The pandemic for me was honestly just a great time where other people, obviously the pandemic was awful, but other people were now in my digital world because being a stay-at-home mom, I always worked from home. I was always, always digital. Like I was always in that space. And then it was like this influx of like, oh, you're cool with a Zoom meeting? Fabulous. Let's do that. Oh, you're cool with just having this be an email? Amazing. Thank you so much. Because I had already had, that was my constraint. That was why it didn't work for me to go elementary school to elementary school and book fair to book fair. I, because of my husband's work, I have to pick up at 2.30 for the kids. Like I can't. I, I just can't yeah. do anything else. And um, so it was really interesting because that for me was the shift in the pandemic. Not so much um, that it changed for me. It was all of a sudden everybody else was like, oh, cool. Let's just have a Zoom call. And I'm like, yes. Like <laughs> Previously, a lot of um, voice acting classes that I did were either only in person or mostly in person, which would have been a huge gatekeeping thing for me. I'm in North New Jersey. And while I absolutely can get into the city, it's a full hour or more on the train. And so like, you know, there wasn't going to be a lot of, sure, I'll take that that acting class on Thursday nights in the city. And then the pandemic hit and it was all online. And mm-hmm. like, okay. I can sign so, up for that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Did it change for you guys? Was there more online for writers or do you guys always live online? So in my day-to-day life, I'm a fifth grade teacher. And so when the oh, wow. pandemic hit, I was yeah. completely out of work um, for three more months than I normally would have been. Um, yeah. We were like online Zooming and stuff, but it wasn't the heavy go into work workload type stuff that I have now. Um, so my book started because I all of a sudden had this extra time at home with an extended summer vacation. And so I had basically the whole thing written before the next school year started for me because I had so much extra time. So it, it definitely is the launching point for me in that sense. For me, I, so I work retail. I was a essential worker. So I never had that like, oh, I'm stuck at home. My boss was like, I mean, we're Midwest. So 
we just stayed open. Um, just kind of took mm-hmm. up took up more cleaning things around so that customers could still come and purchase items. But they, uh, I think, in the pandemic, people around me started taking up these more creative outlets. And where I had been writing and not really shared anything with anyone, it became one of those things. Where like, wait, you you did this, so I I can. I can do this. And, and it was nice to have, it's nice to have people who have kind of gone before me where I can be like, Hey, so I don't understand this self-publishing thing. Can you like explain to me what, how I do this? Because I want to do this. Just please show me how to do it. And And the writing community on TikTok has been amazing for that too, of like just welcoming and, and like, Hey, your book is going to be great. Like, just get it out there. Like, get your writing out there. So the it it opened a lot of people up to creativity, and in turn, enabled me enabled me to be like, hey, I do this thing too. So yeah, for sure, it was it's definitely a turning point for me. Yeah, man. I mean, book talk. Can we just book talk? Yes, oh, <laughs> it's the best. I like. I feel like that's ninety percent of my TikTok intake, and so people who I know who are on TikTok are like, "Did you see this?" And I'm like, "No, no, I did not." <laughs> I saw if people it's not dancing with books. In writer, author, indie author, or book talk. I have no idea what you're talking about. The only other one I have is dog talk. Oh, I love. Dog oh, talk. Hey, come on, animal talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I know. So, it's the uh, best. So what is a something you're currently working on, if you can talk about it, a book you're currently narrating? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I am currently working on the Ebon Knight Chronicles, which is very exciting. Um, and it is, how to explain? There's sort of like the two worlds, the dark and the light. And the light is not as light as you think they are. And the dark is not as dark as you think they are. And um this, you know, this fabulous, huge cast of characters. And um, I just finished um, working on Ada Bell's series, um, Mystic Pieces is the first one. And those are a cozy mystery series. They were super fun to do too. Um, And I'm sort of, you know, just trying to plop stuff down in the pipeline. It's been a a long, nice run here of doing series, which is always fun because you feel like you're getting to like get back in the room with old friends. You're like, oh, hey, cool. I like partying with these people. They're nice. But yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you you essentially, do you essentially work for yourself or do you work through a specific company for putting out audiobooks? Yeah, no, I work for myself and I think 99.9% of narrators do. I've never met anybody who's exclusively like through someone else. Um, I don't know anybody who even has an agent. It's not typically an agented um, endeavor. Mostly the way you go about it is um, if your book is traditionally published, your publisher will probably present you with two or three choices they might even only show you one and be like i'm sorry this person's amazing you can disagree if you need to but they're great Mm -hmm. um and then you'll get to hear their samples and discuss it with your publisher and choose somebody um if you're an independent author you're probably looking at acx find away voices um you could go with some of the other gig sites 
Um, but it's not where a lot of the narrators live. So it's sort of, um, it's a different, it, it's mm-hmm. more for voiceover, I think. Um, yeah. So like voice one, two, three, or um, other sites like that, like Fiverr, um, are a little more for voice work, like, you know, audio commercials, like radio commercials, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and everybody's got a profile, at least on the narrator end. And you can sift through them and find people. Um, I actually think that's one of the best ways to find a good fit. Another way to do it is to just go on Audible or wherever you choose to listen to audiobooks and find stuff in the genre you are writing. Because that's going to give you a good idea of like, oh, gosh, Liza is my cozy mystery person. Perfect. Or if you are writing like some really gruesome horror book, you will not find me. And that is good. That is just fine. Right. And like, then there's other amazing narrators who are like, I don't really want to do it unless someone gets decapitated. And I'm like, it's just so not me. But, um, and I know it takes a little more work, but I think that is a great way to do it. I'm really happy. I feel like the genres of the stuff I've been chosen for feels really dead on. Um, and it's a good thing to note when you find a narrator you think you really like, look at their other stuff. It's not that people can't go out of genre at all. I've read nonfiction. I've read parenting books. I've read, I've done podcast work for like a scripted show style, like podcast, science fiction and stuff. Um, But I think it's always great when you find someone who falls into the world you've created organically. You know what I mean? Um, Sorry, did I answer the question? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Excellent. As, as an indie author and someone who does not really read books, I uh, listen to a lot of the stories that I take in just because I can do that passively. Um, it would yeah. be really cool at some point for my book to be audio narrated, but I had no mm-hmm. idea where to begin with that. So, yes, that's very, very helpful. Helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you would find it interesting, but I'm happy to sort of walk you through the process of making one. Or is that too nitty gritty? No, please go ahead. We've got a few minutes. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, So let's say you are writing something. If I were you, um, you absolutely can start on a platform. Um, Oh, and I forgot to say, Find Away Voices does have a casting item. Uh, You can like ask them to produce your book. Um, and then, there, oh, there's also, uh, you could get, sell your book rights. And I'm not super clear on um, the exact back and forth on this, but if your book gets enough traction and it seems like a good fit, there are audiobook producers who you can either pay to produce the book, meaning you're just like, I don't know, dude, here, I'm going to pay you your fee and I'm going to end up with an audiobook, and they'll do what a traditional publisher would do for you. Or you can, if you have enough traction with your book and they're interested, somebody like Tantor or another audiobook publisher may purchase the rights to your book. Um, And then they choose the narrator for you. Like Then it's really more uh, at least this is my understanding, is more out of your hands a little bit. Um, And I know Authors absolutely love that too. Tantor is an awesome company. Um, but if you were to indie person to indie person, choose a narrator. 
Um, I would recommend starting on Audible or wherever you get your audiobooks. Go into your genre and listen to people and figure out what works and what doesn't. I know I've heard a lot of author talk um, conversation around do you or don't you choose a book cover that feels out of genre? And like, is that too risky or are you setting yourself apart? I don't think the narrator is any different. I think you run a risk if you go with a voice or a style outside of your genre, but it can be interesting. Um, but then find that narrator, ask them for a sample. No one will say no. You might hear, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm booked for 10 months and I just don't have it in me to be booked for 12 months. Mm -hmm. But fine, move on to the next person. Um, but everybody's happy to give you a sample. I would ask for something that is three pages long. Don't pick something with 100 characters for your um, audition. Don't pick something that doesn't have a lot of context. Because, um, you know, I'm going to get this sheet and I'm going to be like, whoa, we're at a party. Why are we at a party? Okay, are we happy we're at the party? Like, give me something. It's why it's not uncommon to get the first three pages of the book. Um, but it's fine to choose something from chapter three where you actually have to hear me do your lead male voice. because. Sometimes people love it, and sometimes people are like, oh, no, I didn't mean that gravelly. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool, I'll try again. Um, and then if you like the audition and book them, you negotiate um, timing. Um, oftentimes, you don't negotiate pay. Most narrators will be able to tell you right out of the gate, nope, this is my rate. Um, we can be a little flexible a lot of the time, but, you know, sort of what it is. Um, and then I'm going to read the entire book and prep it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to figure out who all the people are. You're going to let me know if they have accents. Um, if there's anything you want that character to be or have, right then is an excellent time to tell me. Um, no one wants a surprise at the end. And you're like, oh, he's from Scotland. And I'm like, cool, <laughs> sweet. Because um, he was from Texas when I said it. Um <laughs> And then, you know, I will record. So a sort of general rule of thumb is, let's say our book is 10 hours long. I'm going to spend one hour for every finished hour prepping the book. I'm going to spend two hours recording the book, just sitting here, reading it, getting through it. And then I'm going to spend three hours, or my editor will spend three hours-ish editing it, proofing it and mastering it. So for one finished hour of audio, you've got six or so hours that go into the creation. So if I'm doing a 10-hour book, it might take me 60 hours to do, okay. which, you know, you pad it, it's roughly going to be two weeks. Maybe we could squish it into one week um, if we're pushing, but that's roughly the, um, that's roughly what you're looking at. And then of course, you know, the question becomes, well, how much hands-on sort of changes can you ask for as an author? And I think it's really important to figure out how happy we are with character voices and the cadence and the pacing and the vibe in the first check-in, which often is the first 15, 20 minutes of the book, maybe the first chapter, um, because nobody wants to spend another month getting this thing through the works and going back and redoing it. Um, 
But yeah. And then I think there's a lot of amazing things besides just putting your audiobook out there that you can do with the audio. Mm -hmm. Like I know authors, and I struggled with this when I was doing children's books, you're supposed to do so many social posts every day. And you're like, oh, and man, you own that audio as an independent author. That is nine hours of all you. So you want to take out an excerpt and do one of those. Um, I know on TikTok, you can do the automatic captions and make them look all cool and you know, change the typeface and the color. Do it. Grab a piece of audio, grab a stock image that feels like in your world of your book or your cover. Um, but covers can be tricky because there's a lot of image behind your text, which can be distracting. Um, and man, let those be posts, right? Mm-hmm. Or another thing you can do is you can ask your narrator. And my the Ada Bell has asked me to do this, and I'm happy, happy to do it. Ask me within the confines of the project, send me an extra sheet or two, and it's me saying, there's more to this series, can't wait to see you on the next book, or ad-libbing or adding to um, the dialogue so that you could have a character be like, I don't know if you've heard me, but I'm amazing. I'm like, (laughs) just getting a little more juice, a little more goody Mm -hmm. out of that audio because there's so much you can do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, If your book has any intro or outro music, which I know a lot of children's books do, Mm -hmm. um, you can use that maybe with a couple key phrases and set yourself up with audio for author visits so that you have something sort of creating a little atmosphere around you at your table. Like, it's just, I'm so excited about this. Sorry. I yeah, no, for hours. no, we love it. Yeah. This is, again, Good. this is totally different than anything that we've done, yeah, yeah, yeah. had on here. So this is awesome. Well, and it's such, it's such Good. unprecedented territory for most indie authors. You know, you get it published on Amazon for free. Um, and then you're like, okay, where do I go next? Well, an audiobook is an obvious choice, but yeah. the steps to doing that can be confusing, I think. And so. I think having you on here to talk about that is a really good thing. And it makes it seem obtainable. Yeah. Like you can actually get your book narrated. A hundred percent. And um, I know myself and I know a lot of other narrator buddies of mine are super transparent and we're super friendly. Like we're all just sort of, we're theater kids who sit alone in our houses and talk to ourselves. We're super approachable. So if anybody out there listening has any questions, and doesn't want to get their audiobook produced with me, that is a-okay. You shoot me an email. It's on my website, lizajacob.com. It is totally fine. I will answer any and all questions. Um, but yeah, it's really straightforward from my end. And I can see how from yours, you're like, how could I have known? How Like, yeah. t- please, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, because man, when I started writing that book, I was like, this will be fun. And then I got like halfway into like the first third or whatever day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a hundred note cards and like a thousand disjointed thoughts. Like, how do you make it work? (laughs) Oh, for sure. So we ask, and I'll just ask you, what's kind of a piece of advice that you kind of would say is your favorite piece of advice that you've ever gotten or that you want people to know? Okay. I twofold and they're opposite sides of the same coin. One is, oh, yeah. No, no we're no, waving. No, so you raise your hand. Oh, oh, hello. I saw a hand wave and I was like, me? Um, the opposite side of the same coin are one, the good news is no one's watching. So just be as crazy and free as you want to be. Do not be afraid. 
And the other side of that coin, and that goes for both authors and narrators, right? Like just no one cares, right? But that's the good news is like, go be crazy and free. On the other side of that is edit, 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 edit. Like, listen to yourself if you're narrating. Be open to hearing that, like, that is not a great character voice. I'm sorry. You just changed your pitch. You didn't do the thing. Or be open to the fact, like, with my note cards being like, baby, this is not a book. This is a lot of note cards with random stuff written on them. Like, that's okay because that's how you grow. And between the push pull of be wild and free and edit, 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 you're going to build yourself up to something real, which is always so exciting. That's awesome. Well, we greatly appreciate you coming on. You are a wellspring of knowledge. Yeah, we appreciate you <laughs> reaching out. Your email was kind of a breath of fresh air of like, hey, this is you guys are doing a great job. It helps us continue to do this. Yeah. So thank you for that. We appreciate it. Well, I love the podcast and thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we will have all of Liza Jacobs' um links in the body of the um description in the, in the description on youtube on spotify apple Podcasts, and amazon music yeah. uh, liza where can they find you are you on tiktok i am i think it's liza jacob vo is my handle okay all right okay and your your website was liza jacobs.com no S, but yes, LizaJacob.com. Got it. Okay. So I am DL Golden. My book Origins is on Amazon for those who are still looking for it. Um, you can find it there. It's great. Go read it. I'm SF Rogers. Execration of Autumn is coming sometime soon. Fingers crossed. So we are the Authors Chaos, and we're so glad you were with us today. Thanks.